Welcome back, everyone, to the Ferrari Effect podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Ferrari. Wanted to start off by saying thank you to everyone that checked this out. Uh, I appreciate the listens. Uh, please, I hate to uh, hate to beg, but uh, you know, please subscribe, follow. Uh, this is available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, a few other places. Uh, but again, thank you for thank you for tuning in and listening. I do appreciate it. I hope you'll share it so that we can uh, get some more listeners and start to build something here. So, as I've mentioned before, I want to do a beverage with every podcast that I do. It's not necessarily always going to be, you know, a beer or alcoholic drink, anything like that. And today is one of those days. I'm actually going to be drinking a uh, kombucha. It's a guava goddess. It's delicious. Uh, technically, it does have some natural alcohol in it, so we're not completely alcohol-free today. But that's what I'll be sipping on, and I hope you'll grab a beverage and enjoy with me today. So today's topic, I'm going to be talking a little bit about sports fandom. I'm going to go over a little bit you know, my personal fandoms and just sports fandom in general and how crazy it can be, how wild it can be, and how fun it can be. So I'm going to start off with my personal fandoms. I, I'm, a, I'm a New York Jets fan when it comes to football. Um, in terms of hockey, I'm a Colorado Avalanche fan. Basketball, New York Knicks. Baseball, New York Yankees. And one of my other favorite sports, uh, I'm a big fan of the English Premier League, and I'm a West Ham United fan out there. So why am I a fan of the teams I'm a fan of? Well, let's start with football. Since I was very young, I've always enjoyed football. Uh, One of my favorite sports to watch, follow. I do a lot of fantasy football. I'm even big into watching the scouting combine and the draft and everything like that. I, I really nerd out when it comes to football. It's it's one of my favorite things to follow. Never really got much of a chance to play it. I was always a bit undersized when I was younger. So wasn't really a sport I was able to play much other than obviously with friends and backyard football type of thing. But I became a Jets fan very early on, unfortunately. I... um. My my oldest nephew and I grew up, we're only two years apart. We grew up like brothers more than uncle and nephew. Uh, but when we were young, my parents, I don't know if any of you guys remember these. I believe they were from Walmart or somewhere like that. They used to sell pretty much a full football set for kids. It was a jersey, the pants, the shoulder pads, the helmet. It was a whole thing. And they had different team ones. So my parents bought one for each of me and my nephew. His was an Eagles one. Mine was a Jets one. Of course, they didn't have names on the jerseys or anything like that. They did have the numbers. And I can still remember mine was a number 19, which at the time was Keyshawn Johnson for the New York Jets wide receiver. So from that point on, it kind of stuck. That was my first real football item that I owned. And I just kind of For whatever reason, it stuck with me, and I became a Jets fan. It's been a long road. It's been a tough road. It's not a great team to be a fan of. 
There have been some good moments. A few AFC Championship uh, appearances in there. No Super Bowls, obviously. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit later in my, my feelings on that. As far as the New York Knicks, uh, it was just kind of a thing where, yeah, I just kind of followed New York. So I was a Jets fan, so New York was, you know, the Knicks were the, were the other New York team. Uh, at the time, the Nets were not in Brooklyn, so there wasn't really another New York basketball team. So I just kind of followed the Knicks. I'm not a huge basketball fan. When it comes to sports in general, I'm a bit of a sports nerd, so I do follow basketball. I do I do uh, enjoy gambling, so I follow it to that extent. Baseball, I started watching baseball right around the time that the Yankees drafted Derek Jeter. Uh, it was a team that had a, a core of Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera, Jorge Posada, Andy Pettit. And at that age, I just I just enjoyed watching those guys. I really loved Derek Jeter when he came in. Uh, when he was drafted. So it just kind of always stuck to be a Yankees fan. When I was that age, I didn't even know that they were, you know, the the team that always wins, at least at that time they were. Uh, since then, obviously the past, you know, the past 20 years have not been quite as good as those those older years. And the one that, the one that a lot of people, you know, it makes sense once once you follow one New York team, you know, you kind of follow the path. It makes sense that okay, Jets, Yankees, Knicks. Okay, I get it; they're all New York teams. But in hockey, I'm a Colorado Avalanche fan, and a lot of people ask me, you know, how did you become a Colorado fan? You know, I understand the New York thing. You know, why not the Rangers? Why not the Islanders? Well, growing up. I lived fairly close to Hershey, and I was fortunate enough to attend some Hershey Bears games when I was younger. And at the time, they were the AHL affiliate for the Colorado Avalanche. So it was kind of a natural progression of these guys that I was watching and following for the Hershey Bears. When they'd get called up, they would go to Colorado. So... It was just kind of a natural thing for me to then be a Colorado Avalanche fan. That was right around the time, you know, that Colorado was was formerly the Quebec Nordiques, you know, and in the 90s they moved to Colorado, and that's when they won a Stanley Cup. You know, Patrick Waugh, Joe Sackick, Peter Forsberg, Adam Foote, that whole team. So it was a good time. It was a good time to come into the fandom. It's been a little rough since then. But there are some good players on the team. They actually came into this year as the favorites to win the cup. I don't, I don't know that I would put them the favorites. I don't know that I would have put them the favorites before the season started, let alone now. They have a good team. They're solid. They will definitely go to the playoffs. Definitely make a bit of a run. I just don't know if they have everything to, to make a cup run. As far as my. My soccer team, or in terms of being an English Premier League fan, it's a football team. West Ham United fan, another kind of uh, not great team. They haven't done a whole lot in my lifetime. They've managed to stay in the Premier League and not get relegated down. Uh, but they're always just kind of middle of the pack. There's been a couple seasons where they were pushing for top five, things like that. But nothing 
nothing really to get too excited about. And I, I honestly don't know how I first became a fan of watching them. There was a couple players, most notably Mark Noble, was was a team captain for a long time, played for them for a very long time. I was I was a big fan of his. And I just kind of started watching them. And then there was there was a movie that came out, Green Street Hooligans, that we uh, talked about in the last podcast episode. That kind of centers around West well, not really centers around, but that's the that's the team behind the firm in the movie. So from there it was kind of solidified because it's one of my favorite movies that kind of solidified that as my team. Again, it's unfortunate that many of my teams in my lifetime have not been all that good. Uh, When you talk about the Jets, they're kind of known as perennial losers. The Knicks haven't haven't been all that good in my lifetime. West Ham, again... Same kind of thing as as the Jets. They've had a couple moments where they they pushed but didn't make it all the way. And for the most part, it's been more of a letdown than anything good. Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, I've seen I've seen a cup in my lifetime. But over the past 15 years, there was a lot of down, very down years. Past few years have been a lot better. In terms of you know actually fielding a competent team, making the playoffs, things like that, but still haven't seen another cup yet. Yankees early on were still very hot, you know one of the top teams, still a perennial playoff team, make it almost every year, you know make it usually fairly deep, but haven't been able to win it all in a while. So that's where I stand on my fandom, and we're going to talk a little bit about sports fandom in general and just all the craziness surrounding it. Now that we've talked about my personal fandom, let's just talk about sports fandom in general. Well, one of the there's there's a few different I think there's a few different types of sports fans. You obviously have the diehard emotional fan. You have the casual fan. And then you have more of a, you know, just a general sports fan. Now you can also be kind of a combination of all three or just two. But in terms of breaking things down, those are kind of the three areas that you generally see in terms of fandom. I tend to lump myself more into the overall sports fan. I can tell you I was definitely on the side of emotional diehard fan before, especially when it came to football. I've had plenty of moments where I did some things that probably aren't the smartest when it comes to you know, being upset over something in a game or things like that. Uh, nothing nothing illegal, nothing too crazy. I, at one point, I know I punched a hole in a wall of an old house. Now, that was more on a dare, but I was in a very emotional state because of a football game. And that's probably the only reason I went through with it. Uh, but definitely have had some 
times, you know, sitting at the bar watching football on a Sunday and just start downing some shots because, you know, the team is such a letdown. But I think I've I've moved somewhat past that. Now, I'm still a fan of all my teams. I will try and watch as many of the games as possible. Not so much the Jets recently because the product on the field has just been so bad that I just don't even care to watch it. I'd rather watch other games. And that's where my overall sports fandom kind of comes in. It's a combination of, A, I enjoy sports gambling. So that makes all the other teams that aren't my team a bit more interesting, uh, definitely more watchable. But I also enjoy statistics, just kind of the business of sports, all that stuff combined kind of makes me more of an overall sports fan. And I, I know we all know, you know, those diehard emotional sports fans that it's it's all about their team. You know, it's there's a certain player, you know, he's on another team and he's a good player, but you know, it's another team in the division. So you're you're an emotional diehard fan and you hate this player and all you'll ever do is talk about how much they suck and they're trash and all this kind of stuff. Then your team signs them. Now suddenly they're the greatest player ever and they bring a lot to the team. We've all we, anybody who's a sports fan has been there. You know, and you it it's tough. It's tough when you are a fan of a team to not to not be that way all the time. And I certainly, I certainly understand it, but there's, I think there's more enjoyment for me in taking a, a slightly more unbiased uh, opinion towards just watching sports in general and watching teams and watching players. And as I, I've mentioned a couple times, gambling plays into that as well because you, you don't really. You don't really want to want to bet on your teams or against your teams, things like that, because there's still, you know, an emotional side to that. So you're looking for other teams, other players. So suddenly you become much more involved in all these other teams than you would have been had you if you're just a, a super diehard fan for a specific team or even just a casual fan. But we definitely have seen, you know, plenty of those those crazy, you know, diehard fans. And not all of them are necessarily emotional diehard. There is a separation there between the two. Some people just like to, you know, have a good time and get a little crazy. And sometimes being a sports fan is the way to do that. You look at a team like or, or a fan base like the Raiders when they were still in Oakland, the black hole. Now, many of those people were probably emotional diehard fans, but there were some that I'm sure just enjoyed the fandom itself. You know, the dressing up, the being part of the black hole, you know, this whole this whole kind of lore that comes with it. In Cleveland, you have you have the dog pound. Now they haven't been, you know, as prevalent because of how bad the Browns have been. You know, but there's there's all these there's all these teams that have that where 
you know, it's just an enjoyment to be a fan, to let loose, to be a little crazy. I used to live outside of Philly, and I'm not a fan of any Philly sports teams. That didn't stop me from enjoying and having a good time tailgating outside of Philly's games, you know, and going in and watching the game. Yeah, I don't care about that team. I know the team because I enjoy the sport, and I like to be knowledgeable about it. But there's a certain part of sports that just can bring people together. Now, it can also absolutely tear people apart. I mean, I've I've literally seen friendships fall apart because of being fans of two very rival teams. You know, it comes to mind Cowboys and Eagles. You know, huge, huge rivalry there. And a lot of the fans tend to hate each other to a point that is almost... I don't know if ridiculous is the right word because I I understand it, um, but it does get it does get a little crazy, it does get a little out of hand at time. But some of these some of these times definitely get out of hand. You know, you hear you hear stories from different stadiums around the league and fans doing dumb stuff. But that's that's honestly such a small portion of of fans. It doesn't really fully represent you know all sports fans the last time I was at an Eagles game it was actually a preseason game they were playing the Jets I wore my Jets jersey and of course the Jets lost a it was preseason so it didn't matter b the Eagles had the better team at the time this was this was quite a while ago um but you know I'm wearing my jersey and I I got up to I think it was to go get some food or go to the bathroom or something like that. And of course, you know, there were some Eagles fans around heckling me, you know, oh, leaving already, you know, all this kind of stuff. And yeah, it is what it is. That's part of the, that's part of the sports experience, but I didn't feel, you know, physically threatened. Nothing, nothing bad happened to me, you know, anything like that. And as I said, you know, you hear the stories of some of that kind of stuff happening. Some of it just comes from, you know, some of these stadiums being in bad areas. I mean, Oakland and San Francisco, you know, those areas, you know, around the stadiums weren't great. So you heard stories of fans leaving the stadium, getting stabbed or mugged or things like that. But it doesn't really have anything to do with the sports necessarily. It's just, you know, bad areas. Um, you talk about worst fan bases and there's there's not really there's not really a worst fan base every every fan base has has its quirks and has its has its things that drive everyone else crazy you know for me in the area that i live in it's it's eagles fans super annoying but i get it if we were up in the new york area jets fans you know just as annoying you, know, you go up to new england to massachusetts patriots fans almost unbearable the past 20 years with good reason, I get it. Doesn't make it annoying, but every fan base has has its good and its bad. There's there's definitely more accepting fan bases. There's some places where you'll go, but having tailgated, you know, several different events, several different teams, several different stadiums. Yeah, you know, as far as the tailgating and stuff like that goes, most most people are super welcoming. And again, it's it's a good time. 
everybody's there for the party. Everybody's there to have fun. Sure, once the game actually starts and, you know, your team's losing, you know, you're starting to get a little emotional, a little upset about it. You know, you want them to come back. Your team's winning. Yeah, and you're talking trash because there's, you know, fans of the other team around you. You know, that's just natural part of, of sports fandom. And it's part of what makes it a fun time. One of the things that I've found interesting to kind of research and look into is how sports fandom has been impacted over this past year. There was a time last year, we all know that we were without sports almost altogether. As a as a sports gambler, I can tell you there, you know, randomly throughout the year there was still sports going on. I remember um, late March, early April, gambling on Mexican soccer league, uh, Turkey's soccer league, some hockey league in I don't even know what country, different things like that. But how how has how has shutdowns and not being allowed in stadiums affected fandom overall? And I think it's an interesting it's an interesting question and it's an interesting look. In some senses, I think it's actually increased uh, people's fandom, people's enjoyment in watching sports. Some of that is simply because it was gone, so when it came back, we were more excited about it. But some of it has also been that in terms of actually going to the stadium going to an arena, going to the actual venue itself has has been a pretty steady decline in terms of experience for a while now. When you think about, you know, if you stay at home and watch, you can watch pretty much any game you want. There are ways to do it. You're watching from the comfort of your own home with your own food your own booze, you're not spending $16 on a beer. And you're probably seeing a better product than what you're actually getting in a stadium. Now, there's still something to be said for the stadium experience. It's a great time. You know, we talked about the tailgating experience and even the in-stadium experience. I think everyone who's a sports fan, and even many who are not, should definitely go out of their way to experience that at least once in their life. I think it's a great time. I think it's a fun time. But overall, when it comes to drawing people in, the stadium experience is starting to lack, starting to lag behind the at-home experience. You're just getting, you feel like you're getting such a better product at home. One of the things that I remember, you know, the last time that I was at a football game is when you're at home using, you know, timeouts and you know, commercial timeouts and things like that. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. You go to the bathroom, you go get another drink, you go get 
you know, more food or you just relax. And it seems to be over fairly quickly. When you're at the stadium, it feels like there's a TV timeout every 10 seconds. And it's such a different experience from what you experience at home. Again, this is not this is not to say you shouldn't go to the stadium, shouldn't experience that. I still I still think that's a good time and I still enjoy it. And there's still some stadiums that I want to get to, especially some, you know, historic stadiums you just want to see. I was just I was actually just looking at pictures. Um it was ten years ago this St. Patty's Day that I was in Boston for for St. Patty's Day and I was I would literally have pictures standing outside of Fenway Park. And you know, as a as a Yankees fan, you know, I don't like the Red Sox. But Fenway Park is a historic park. And even just getting to stand outside of it, get a picture, you know, get pictures of it, pictures of the sign, you know, as a sports fan is something that's really awesome. Really cool to see. Really, really cool to be there and be part of that. But when you talk about how you know, shutdowns and the limited capacities and things like that have affected fandom. Well, I think, I think you're going to see initially, you know, as some stadiums have already opened up to, you know, certain capacity, we've seen fans at sporting events again, things like that. More are starting to open up in other states at limited capacity and things like that. And I think at first you're going to see, Especially, especially with limited capacity, you're going to see those capacities completely maxed because we haven't been allowed to go. And it creates more of an allure to going back to the stadium because we just, we, you haven't been allowed to go and now there's a limited amount of seats. And so you want to go. It's just kind of, it's kind of part of human nature, I guess. You know, when somebody tells you you can't do something or only a certain amount of people can do this, you know, you want to be you want to be part of that. But I think that eventually if we go back to, you know, full stadiums, full capacity, things like that, I I do believe that we're going to start to see a continued decline and I say continued decline because as I as I mentioned, there was already a decline in in this area prior to the shutdown and again because of everything going on i think we'll see a spike in that sort of thing again but ultimately i think the stadium experience continues to trend downward if it's not anything against the fans anything against necessarily the product that's being put out there unfortunately in some cases it does seem to be you know, that certain politics are affecting certain sports. But overall, I don't think that's, I don't think that's fully affecting what, what we've seen in the past as far as these downward trends. I think it's simply just because there's a comfortability, comfortable, wow, I can't say that word uh, right now. <laughs> but anyway, there's, there's a comfort of being at home there's just just financially it seems like there's there's so much 
so much better options to not going to the stadium. Even for, you know, season ticket holders, one of the one of the biggest one of the biggest complaints I know like among Jets fans is they continue to raise, you know, the season ticket prices, but they don't put any kind of better product on the field. So you have season ticket holders saying, well, why should I continue to increase the price of this if I'm not getting anything, if I don't feel like I'm getting anything in return? And that's obviously going to be different between teams that, you know, are good and teams that are bad. You know, for the past 20 years, I'm sure there's been plenty of Patriots season ticket holders that had no problem you know, if prices were raised, continuing to go because you're you're continuing to win. There's something worth going to see. But that's that sort of continued success in any sport is somewhat of an anomaly. You just don't see I mean, even in you know, you look at basketball and you have these you have these super dominant teams, but they don't end up staying together for very long or injuries happen. You know, in Miami, you had the heat with the big three and it looked like, you know, the way they talked and the way it looked, it looked like they were going to, you know, win championships for a long time. Then they lost some, they won a couple. Then, you know, players decided they started wanting to go somewhere else. LeBron decided that he wanted to win a championship back at his home, so he left. You look at Golden State, a super dominant team. You look at how Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Klay Thompson, that whole team just dominated the sport, and it seemed like you didn't know when it was going to end. It felt like that run was going to go forever, especially after they add you know, Kevin Durant. Then injuries happen. You know, then guys start to move on. Kevin Durant goes to a new team. Clay Thompson, you know, has been getting injured for the past couple seasons. You know, Steph Curry was injured. And it just, it shuts down these long runs. So you you don't see that kind of continued success very often. That was a very unusual time in, in, in all of sports, really. Uh, it's... Some of them you can say are cyclical. You see some of the same teams, you know, go through good runs, then drop off for a bit, then good runs again. But that kind of sustained success doesn't happen all that often. So it's just, it's harder to keep people coming back when the product is inconsistent and when it's something that can be had at home. But I don't think sports fandom will ever go away. I hope it doesn't. I love my sports. I enjoy watching sports. I enjoy following it. I enjoy gambling on it. I enjoy talking to other fans of other teams. And overall, I think it's something that actually does bring us together, despite what divisional things you might see within sports. Overall, I think it's a it's a great it's a great way to come together and enjoy something
That's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for tuning in. And if you have any interest at all in being part of this podcast, please reach out to me through email. It's the Ferrari Effect Pod at gmail.com. I'd love to have you guys on to come in and talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. So give me a shout out. And again, thanks for listening.